0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the latest and greatest conversations that we've had at JM in the AM. Just last week, Zachary Fruchthandler was in to discuss a brand new book about Shabbos. It's a Messora Publications Arts Grow release. It is 600 pages, and it's very much worthwhile. Zachary Fruchthandler, my guest recently on JM in the AM. Here he is on JM Rewind at the Nachum Siegel Network. Monday morning, and as promised, uh, Zachariah Fruchthandler. Uh, I've asked him if I should refer to him as rabbi. He has given me strict instructions not to. That's why I don't want him to think that, God forbid, I am being disrespectful. Zechariah Fruchthandler is the co-author of a brand new book. It is an inspirational and enjoyable guide on how to connect to the gift of Shabbos. It's called CPR, Resuscitation for Your Soul, What Shabbos is Really All About. The Forward is by Rabbi Binyamin Eisenberger, and it's inspired by the writings of the Nesivas Shalom. Avi Fischoff and Zachary Fruchthandler are the co-authors. It is a Mesora Publications, Scroll Shire Press release. All the information, how to purchase it to get it as a Hanukkah gift, etc., is at artscroll.com. Again, that's artscroll.com. Zachary Fruchthandler, welcome to JM in the AM.
1: Thank you so much. A pleasure to be here.
0: I greatly appreciate you being here. One might think... That in 2018, if one is trying to transmit, especially to younger people or unaffiliated people to a degree, uh, in addition to those of us who are quote-unquote from, from birth, the beauty of Shabbos, one might think in 2018 not to go the route of a 600-page book, but maybe more a six-page guide The way the way people pay attention these days. Why did you guys feel it necessary to really pack this book with so much information? It's not a halacha
1: book. It's a book that takes rather deep concepts of the Nesiva Shalom. And the purpose of the book is, I found, and Avi, Avi and I have found, that if you'd ask the average person on the street, talk about Shabbos, what does Shabbos mean to you, they'll have what to say, but they're missing the fundamentals of Shabbos. They're missing the beauty of Shabbos. They're missing the opportunity of Shabbos. They're missing understanding why why is it that Shabbos is really what defines a from Yid? When you ask, are you from, You'll say, are you Shabbos? And I found, personally, with giving shiurim to, to working businessmen in Manhattan, to now being involved with, with college youth, and most recently, actually, speaking at my grandson's Haskalah to Gemara, anyone can understand deep concepts. If it's... Exp- explained the right way, presented the right way. Unfortunately, there's a segment of us, and we're we're busy. There are those of us that can open up deep svarim, they can learn svasemis, and they can learn morale and they have a thirst for knowledge. But there are those of us that either don't have the time, or don't have the capability, and the same concepts can be transmitted to such a wide variety of our population, and especially the young population.
0: It sounds like you're making the argument, though, that if one wants to resuscitate their soul or appreciate the beauty of Judaism, let's say for a moment, what they would one of the ways they would acquire that or one of the ways they would be able to enhance their lives in that manner would be to understand the beauty of Shabbos. You're, you're making the argument that if one, let's just say for argument's sake, enhances their Shabbos experience, both up here in their head and in practical methods, the way a Shabbos operates— Then their life will be spiritually completely different.
1: Absolutely, the opportunities of Shabbos are boundless. Um, If someone, even a generation that actually served idols, the opportunity of Shabbos to cleanse cleanse oneself and to propel you forward and to be able to separate yourself from what. You might have done this past week. And to prepare you for the next week, Shabbos is
0: the DNA of the world. The world is created with with a week. No one can explain what a week is. Does Shabbos resuscitate you each week? Or is it the general commitment to Shabbos that has this eventual resuscitation of the soul? Personally, I find the
1: Friday night experience tremendously uplifting. If, If with the right amount, it doesn't take
0: much. From candle lighting till when you go to sleep, meaning every component to it. The, da- the davening, the, the meal, the mirrors, everything, everything. Yes. and especially even the camaraderie with people, right, and the uh, and the association with family, I would guess.
1: Yes, but the, en- the entry of Shabbos, the entrance of Shabbos, that point. Look, there's no question that today we're not on the level of earlier generations, right?
0: But that but moment, but I still think we're doing Shabbos well. That's why. I, see, I'm trying as I converse with you, and as I've read so much of this book. I'm wondering: Am I doing Shabbos right or not? Am I missing anything in my Shabbos? I like my Shabbos experience a lot, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe there's certain aspects of it that need improvement.
1: It's, it's not the performance. I mean, thank God, most of, most of us don't, don't violate the Shabbos right. at least intentionally. And those, there are those that would argue that if you don't know all the laws of Shabbos very well, you will. Undoubtedly, sometimes we mechala Shabbos but again, unknowingly, but again, with no intention, right? Right. When, we're not talking about the luchos now. Of Shabbos. Right. We're talking about the opportunities of Shabbos to propel you and to commit you, to give you, to give you, to give you a bearing, to give right. you
0: a. a... No, God, no, I didn't mean to interrupt, I'm just, I'm just, no I, but that's why I go back to the, the list I just mentioned. If if I enjoy my family experience on Shabbos, right, a couple of beautiful meals with z'miros, divrei Torah, etc. And if I find my davening is better on Shabbos because more time, you could actually, you know, spend some time looking at the words, you know, it's a, it's a different type of experience. Um, is there, aside from those rituals, I think you're making an argument in this book that there is a spiritual component that one needs to incorporate into their lives to really get the enhanced Shabbos experience. Would that be accurate?
1: Yes, Nesiva Shalom in particular took many topics, and of course, we we wrote a book based on on his works on Shabbos. Is he takes he takes what we're doing anyway? He asks basic questions, and there are concepts. It'll be hard, of course, to talk at length about what's in what's in the book itself, but just, no, just one I'll thing get, quickly. I'll get to it. Don't worry. Oh, you'll get to it. Oh yeah. <laughs> one, one thing quickly. It's Shabbos is really it's it's a, it's about the relationship between us and Hashem. A very private, personal, emotional, and romantic relationship between us and Hashem, even f- compared to marriage, right? Right. We compare it to marriage right. exactly. Friday, Friday night, right. we say atukidash to the Friday right. night davening, which which is the kedushin. Right. When we have a marriage. We have kedushin, then we have chupa, and then we have yichud. The Plus
0: vavobum, r- which is also exactly you know, a change exactly in the that, Nisra,
1: that yeah. gets into some of the mystical right. things Correct. that Va is, is right. head, representing. Friday night Nekeva, right? Nikeva, right. right. They're, they're, exactly, Nachem. Exactly, exactly. And the point of the Shabbos is, really, that, that Hashem brings us up. Hashem says, I have a matanatovah tovah be, What's, a, what's What ask, is that great gift that's in right? We those, ask all those questions, The question that when you look at something and how, how Hasidic masters interpret what, what it means, it, it's tremendous. We, we, we have a, a unity with Hashem. Hashem actually brings us up to his base kenosah, to his treasure house. We're actually there. You know, It's it's a play in the words the Shabbos Elevator. Shabbos, yes.
0: We have our own Shabbos Elevator. Very good. <laughs> uh, Zachary Fruchtandler is here. He's co-author of the book CPR, Resuscitation for Your Soul, what Shabbos is really all about, inspired by the writings of the Nasiva Shalom. You do not expect people to read this as they would read any other book. I would think that you would advise anybody picking up this book, read a chapter at a time, you know, go over some of the things that are, in the, that are in that chapter. Try to think how you can incorporate some of the things in that chapter into your own life. This is not—you don't expect people to finish this in one sitting. You, you want them to use it exactly. more like an encyclopedia of Shabbos. It, you
1: know, I won't say it's an encyclopedia. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, not, not going to think that that I've covered well, everything. Well, the spiritual we aspect of Shabbos, but you can really, you can really open up this book to any chapter. It's really, it's, right. it's anecdotal. It's anecdotal. It gives examples. It gives mishalim. It, it brings it home. It, it asks the questions that need to be asked. It takes the concepts that the Nesiva Sholem writes about, and we expound upon it in a way that really anyone, boy, girl, from from teenage from teenagers on and up, will gain... Trim- There's no question that if, if you don't know what Nasiva Shalom writes about Shabbos, and you're not prepared to sit down and learn the Nesiva Shalom. There's no question whether you learned it or not learned it. You will, you will you will gain from this. Your Shabbos experience will be different. 100%. All right, on page
0: 179, you cite one of the famous jokes about, you know, the the guy who's uh, has a Super Bowl ticket, so he, right. he says, you know, I'm supposed to get married that okay. night. If anybody wants to replace me, she's going to be, you know, in the white dress. You know, it's the famous joke because he wants to be at the Super Bowl. Your point being that one must go into Shabbos really Loving and looking forward to Shabbos the way one, you know, Lahavdil would look forward, you know, rightfully going to a Super Bowl or a big event or something that they really cherish, and that and that, and you'd like to see everyone get to that level of excitement as Shabbos approaches. You've even made recommendations in here that, that excitement. In practical terms, it should begin on Sunday. That you should try the entire week to look toward Shabbos and really count down to Shabbos. Exactly, and we're actually obligated to do that. Obligated. We're, to to do it. It.
1: we're actually that's that's a Torah commandment
0: to remember the Shabbos the entire week, and that if if one does that and builds the excitement to it. That will, that will be the first step in, in enhancing the Shabbos.
1: But you bring out a very good point, Nachum. When I advise, I deal with college students in Arsameach. Oh. I go twice a year. And when you have college students, secular students, that are thinking of taking on Shabbos, so my approach to them usually is it's very difficult to go from being totally non-observant to observant. Correct. And to say, okay, I haven't kept Shabbos, and I'm going to keep every Shabbos. Okay, we can't keep every Shabbos, but what are we ready to keep? You know, let's keep part of a Shabbos. Let's... But usually Friday night is, is it magic to Friday night. There's no question about it. But I, I always advise them, don't just tell your friends, I'm not partying with you tonight.
0: That's not going to work. Tell them what you are doing.
1: Tell them what you are doing. You have to, okay, Friday afternoon, whether, whether it's have some good reading material, buy some good food, light the candles, take a shower, get dressed, prepare, invite a friend it, it's not Shabbos. Is not about what we're not. It's not about the knots. It's about the positive. You know, when we grew up, it was a lot about the knots. A you lot know, about you know the knots.
0: Yes, you know that. I mean, that was uh, that was the focus. I can't China even say America. some of the stuff I'm on here now. <laughs> exactly. We're a little bit in the same generation. I, I, I mean, the b'chol is about newspapers on Shabbos got a little too much prominence, as far as I'm concerned. We're not going <laughs> to the seventh game of the Knicks <laughs> that came out on a Friday night. Exactly. <laughs> but, but now, I mean, I'm so glad you said this because people struggle with this all the time. What do I do with non-firm relatives? What do I do with non-firm people, that you just, as you just described, students, et cetera? Should I encourage them to go to a Friday night meal? I know they might be Mahal Shabbos, et cetera, et cetera. But, but you're advising them in such a proper manner that even if, God forbid, we don't know how they're getting there, going home, et cetera, but the bottom line is, if they're enhancing their Shabbos in just a small way, it might lead one day, please God, that they are full Shomer Shabbos people who will appreciate Shabbos even more than if they would have tried to, to take it on, you know, completely uh, all at one time.
1: Exactly, exactly. And when the, and when, the, and when you give them a meeting, when, when they come to you for Shabbos, and, and now I deal, again, I deal with college students a lot. Right. And I've seen from, you know, from both, from great speakers, Rabbi Kivitat, Rabbi David Gottlieb, Rabbi, Rabbi Schiller, Rabbi Brighter with the Osemeich lecturers, even non-affiliated can understand very deep concepts, and and the point of this book is to get the deep concepts and and the meaning of what what Shabbos represents to a segment of the population that's not connected to it.
0: Hundred percent, it's a great idea, and I think that. Uh... It would apply to a lot of people who are connected to it as well. That's why I... I I gain tremendous... That's why I'm doing this introspection as I read this (laughs) about whether my Shabbos is the way it should be or not, frankly. But I'm going to tell you again, I really enjoy my Shabbos, which I'm sure makes you happy to find that out. Yes. All right. So on page 298, and one of the benefits of having the author here in studio is I get to ask the questions that bother me. Page 298, you have a list of eight things. At 7.30, Moshe left his home, walked to shul to location one. At 8.30, he left shul, went to work. At 9.30, he went to work at location three. Oh, he arrived to work at location three. At 12.00, noon. he went to lunch meeting at location four, page 298. Um, at 2.00 p.m., he arrived at another meeting. At 4.00 p.m., he went to the bank. At 5.00 p.m., he left work. And at 5.58, he went and arrived at location number eight. Uh, your, your point with this is that you, and you write this, try to internalize That every single event that ever happened and will happen is being tracked by these three separate dimensions that weave through one another. Try to think about your life in this way as well, and your eyes will open up to a whole new way of understanding the world. Now, this is not just a Shabbos thing, correct? This is not just a— Correct. I'm sure—I mean, it's Shabbos-related, but it's not just a Shabbos thing. Why is it important to internalize one's basic daily schedule?
1: This is a concept. It's a deep concept. There's uh, Olam Shana Nefesh, which there's— Hashem created the world and it created time. It's not something that most of us are used to thinking about. Right. Because we can't, we can't imagine what does it mean that time is a creation, that the creator of the it's world It's so abstract, time. it's hard to... Right. right. But we have to appreciate, actually, time is more fundamental than place. And place travels within time. Right. Which, which again, yeah, the, right. these are deep concepts. But I get that. I get that. There's Hashgachah, there's providence. And we have to have a sense of appreciation that olam shana nefesh, which means means place, time, and the person. There, there, where they are, the place where they are, the time that they're there, and the persons that's there has tremendous meaning.
0: So it's not just I arrived safely there, and we no, thank God it's for that. Where it's, you are, right? Where you, so when, where so, you are. So when you walked into this studio, and Ravina was sitting here speaking to me, you are like. I have to appreciate the exactly, fact that and I, I am now in the presence of, exactly. of a couple of people that are having an interesting conversation, and it's enhancing my whatever it's doing. Exactly. Uh, you're, you're serious it's, about this. Exactly. You then, walked in, and you, you felt that. Right. Exactly. And
1: Shabbos, it, it, again, everything gets magnified and multiplied oh, so exponentially. How this, so how does this apply to Shabbos? Because I go to Shul Shabbos morning, and... Again, you're different. You have a Shem The
0: uh, place
1: is different. Hashem is actually... Shabbos, right? he, he's, he's here. And, of course, the time is, of course, different. It, it, it's a Shabbos.
0: And everyone will agree, all shul goers will agree that shul feels different on Shabbos. Exactly. Even the most serious shul with it, no talking or anything, it, it feels different. On and sh- it it actually, looks different on Shabbos. This
1: actually affects the, the, the halacha, the shulchan aruch as well. There's a halacha that when, when if you buy, we don't have in Israel, if you have to be, the mafras trumas and mafras, you have to give. Right. Now, an am is not is not trusted during the week. If you if you buy food from him, then you have to take off mice or on your right. own. But even if he says that he took care of it, right? But, it, but if on, on Shabbos him. he tells you that he took care of it, you could believe him because he won't lie on Shabbos. Same exact person, the same exact person who who you who, according to Allah, you can't trust him during the week. He's trusted on Shabbos.
0: That's great. That's great. The
1: Shabbos itself, and again, and the more we more we're aware of it, the more the more it's going, The, the more we. Kind of light ourselves up inside, the more it's going to affect everything we do.
0: Zachariah Fruchtenler is here. It's an Art Scroll Masorah, Shar Press release called CPR, Resuscitation for Your Soul, What Shabbos is Really All About, inspired by the writings of Nisivah Shalom. Go to artscroll.com, pick it up, you get a hundred of them for Hanukkah gifts. Believe me, everyone in your life will be happy uh, if you do that. Um, okay, again, uh, we're we're uh, obviously pressed for time because a six hundred page book would probably require a six hour conversation. But there are certain things I outlined here that I wanted to ask you about, so I'm going to take advantage. One of my favorite books, and I think I could say this about everybody in the Jewish world, is Miguel Esther. Everyone's always uh, fascinated yes. by Miguel Esther, and you write in this pusuk, or you write about this pasuk in the, at the end of Perek Tes. <laughs> Ula Abdam. He did not just want to murder the Jews, which one may think if you murder all the Jews, you, them. you've accomplished your goal, right? I mean, you've physically eliminated them. But he wanted to. You said what? Confound it! Conf- disorient them. you right here. Yeah. Get, get us off on game, okay? And what do we learn from
1: that? We we're we're a nation of a purpose, and, and each individual of the nation has a nation of purpose. We, we, are on a path. Actually, I mean, there's a, obviously there's a lot to say that's not in the book, right. even though it's 600 pages. We wrote it in a way that we wanted to make it as user friendly, as enjoyable, and as something that can be understood. And it's a fun. The rea-
0: and I should just mention, it's a fun it's format. A fun, so people should realize format. that they'll like having it around. You know, go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: You know, after after the the chet of of, of the chet of ego, the golden calf, the first words God said to us was God said to to Moshe to Moses, Sartem in Aderech. We went right. off the way. Right. We went up, We went off the way. We we idol worship, and the next the next word that Hashem says is that we made an ego masecha. We made a golden calf. What? What? Why did Hashem say first? Start them in a death. They went off the way. <laughs> he should have start with you built an idol. You built an idol, <laughs> like you know what's. <laughs> <Right>. And and <laughs> the commentaries say I think it's Rav Yeruchem says it is. But that's really us. We have. We know we were coming from. When we count, and we count the Matan mat, mat, Torah, we count day one, it's not a countdown too, because we came from a place, we came from Matthias Mitzrayim, we always have to look back where we're going. We have a point of reference where we came from and where we're going to. That's, a, that's what the Jewish nation is about. Right. And when we're confounded, when we're off our game, again, Mahumam, if, if it messes us up, then we're lost. Right. Once we're lost... Then anyone can get us. They could be attacked, we can be peeled away. And that was that
0: was human scheme. Got it. Now is it a good time for me to add my uh, little political bent to this? Of course. Once once we once we take our eye off the prize that, that our goal is for the future of the Jewish people to be in the state of Israel, that it becomes very challenging when we leave that when we leave that goal. It's yes, eventually obviously the Gula, right? Everybody in the Holy Land. When we when we forget and when our Jewish leadership forgets that our ultimate goal is to remind the, our constituents that the future of the Jewish peoples in the state of Israel, that can be disturbing sometimes.
1: Uh, Eretz Yisrael, the Eretz Yisrael experience
0: is, 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 is
1: special, it's magical.
0: Do you bring your Talmudim? Um, I,
1: I, I go there twice a year. To, with next,
0: unaffiliated? With people who are unaffiliated? Yes, the,
1: we, it, it's, it's really secular college or semi-secular college. You certainly were totally secular. It's a sampling from from the ma- the major college uh, campuses across across North America. You have Ivy Leaguers with you? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. It's the it's the best and the and the brightest that come. The the ones that that search, and uh, there's no question that the experience is is super enhanced by being in Israel. It's a combination of of it's based in in shivis It's based it's it's Torah learning, Gemara learning, but it's it's all the fun things. It's it's repelling, it's segueing, it's ziplining. It's 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 team effort projects that we do together, and including
0: donkey riding and and milking cows and working the land. Like you want to say we're in Israel, because it, I it, dare say it, yes. that, that just like a shul feels different on Shabbos, donkey riding feels different in Israel.
1: I've only done it there, and I, I don't think I would do it anywhere oh, else. <laughs> you, see, you wouldn't even try it. You wouldn't even
0: try it here. That's how different. I'm it is. licensed. I got a. Li- I'm a licensed <laughs> donkey driver. <laughs> you will let me know how to, how, to, <laughs> how to obtain one of those. And finally, Zachary Fruchtendler, because the uh, the clock keeps moving as it always does during interesting interviews. And this really, to me, page three forty nine. If you want to, if you want to uh, get a preview, uh, this to me uh, reminds me so much of um, of um, now now I'm showing my age of Sharbi Tachon. That's what it reminds me of from Orchis mm-hmm. Tzedekim, right? Orchis uh, Tzedekim? Sharbi Or Chavis
1: uh, Havavas. I meant Chavis okay. I, okay, ap- I apologize. I meant
0: <laughs> <laughs> Chavis Havavas. Uh, one Matzeh Shabbos, soldiers burst into the altar of Navardik's home, began threatening the people there. The altar was reciting Havdalah. And despite the tumult, not even one drop of wine spilled from his brimming cup. So calm and unruffled was he. We all say the words, I will trust in Hashem and not be afraid. Bitru Hashem, right? But the uh, altar really meant it and felt in every fiber of his being. And, and now you understand why I say this reminded me of Shahr that on that we must, what's the word, confess or or, or not, not confess, but we, we have to give ourselves and, and understand that everything that we're doing in our power and everything that happens is all because of what he has designated for us. And if we do that, we live a much uh, a deeper life, but a much more fulfilling life, I guess one would say. How does this relate to the whole Shabbos topic and the experience that you describe in this book?
1: Well, I believe you quoted the Chavos right. Havavas. The actually quotes a chassid echad that once said he was never in a situation that he wished he was in a different situation,
0: which is... That's a madriga. That's a madriga. <laughs> that, that's a when, madriga. You're, when you're nine hours on the road with a snowstorm on a Thursday night and you're not getting home till 1.30 in the morning... That's a Madriga to say you'd rather not be anywhere else because this is what Akhodsh Beru has done.
1: Yeah, talking I certainly am not qualified. We started out; I'm not a rabbi. <laughs> it's funny when I, when I when I deal with college youth, it's always it's the best answer. I said right. you can ask anything you want. I actually can answer most of your questions. When you ask me something I can't answer. That is great. And I get to say, wow, a what a great question. I'm not a rabbi. Let, let's, let's go here together. So, so I'm not going to sit here and by any means You've say. You've stolen my routine. <laughs> so I'm going to give you now a lecture, a lecture on Betochen. Being, being comfortable and being at peace with where you are and who you are and, and what you can accomplish is really what this book is about. It, it's, it's coming from a point is I, there's so much that I don't know. There's so much that I need to know, and that's going to change my life. The book is not about betachon, but right. the betachon is really in who I am as a Jew, who the Jewish people are as as a nation, and what opportunities that, that I have to grow from. Right. And when I when I realize, when I get a sense of tranquility, which Shabbos is so much all, all about. Do I have time for a quick story? Sure. I like, to tell, I like to tell this over to college users. Let's say someone had, if you had all the money in the world to build your dream house anywhere in the world, there's absolutely no budget. And so, fine, this fellow took it up, and you will take it up on it. And it could be a multi-year project right. with architects and designers interior designers to find where to build it, how to build it. And all your friends, you bu- see, you're busy with this. Because even though you have all the money, it's real hands-on. You're making all these decisions and you're busy. Mm -hmm. Finally, it's totally finished. You're sitting in your perfect chair with your perfect drink with the perfect view, and your friend comes up and sees you just sitting around, and he says, what are you doing? You're not doing anything. He says, what do you mean I'm not doing anything? This is what I did it for. That's what Shabbos is. Shabbos is we're busy, we're running, we're missing the tranquility, we're missing that peace of mind, we're missing... You know, stop the world, I want to get off, that old, that old saying. Mm-hmm. We're missing focusing on the stopping. All the don'ts, like we said before, the don'ts are to create the proper environment and atmosphere for just to
0: be able to get to where I'm supposed to get to. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. And I would say that um, the goal here... Is not the tra- I mean halavai, but you're not looking to transform people completely. You're looking to just get people to be to aware. To enhance, exactly. To enhance
1: add something and realize the opportunity that you have, and and your Shabbos will be so different.
0: All right, so now we will we will test this out. Will my Shabbos be uh, be different this Shabbos than it was last Shabbos? I'm going to have to let you know. Okay, Zachariah Fruchtandler, uh is co-author with Avi Fischoff of CPR Resuscitation for Your Soul. What Shabbos? Is really all about it. It's an inspirational and enjoyable guide on how to connect to the gift of Shabbos. We should mention Avi and yourself, right? Both responsible for the GPS book? No, That's GPS Avi? was
1: written by Avi and, uh, G- and by Yaakov Shane, J.J. Shane. All
0: right, so GPS, Navigation for Your Soul, it would be the first, I guess, in this series, if you will. And now you have CPR, Resuscitation for Your Soul, what Shabbos is really all about. It is a Missouri Publications Art Scroll Shire Press release, which means... That you go to artscroll.com and you could check out the brand new book. And obviously for Hanukkah, this is an amazing and wonderful gift. So check it out, everybody. And um, I thank you so much for being here this morning. Thank you, Nachum. It's really really a pleasure. A- and your family has been so dedicated to the Jewish world for so many decades. It's a good opportunity to just say thank you. And it's really a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you. Thank you very much. so Zachary Fruchtendler, everybody. Check out the book, artscroll.com, CPR, Resuscitation for Your Soul. That was my conversation with Zachary Fruchtenler that occurred last week here at JM in the AM. Debbie Rocklin was uh, a guest of ours recently. We discussed the Ivdu schools and the uh, upcoming dinner, which coincidentally is going to be taking place tonight on the 27th of November. Debbie Rocklin of Ivdu on the parent committee of tonight's big event. Here she is on JM Rewind at the Nachum Siegel Network. Um... There's a wonderful event coming up on the 27th of November, uh, and we're going to speak with Debbie Rockland in a moment about it. Yachad's Ivdu School for Special Education is holding its inaugural scholarship dinner at the Loft Steakhouse in Borough Park, which, by the way, everyone raves about. It's happening this Tuesday, November the 27th, beginning at 7 p.m. Internationally acclaimed Orthodox Jewish comedian Ashley Blaker, you may recall he was here in our studio, He's the father of two children with autism as well as a daughter with Down syndrome. He'll provide comedy for the evening. Yeah, he's going to be helping everyone laugh uh, all through the night on Tuesday. Funds raised go directly to the Ivdu School, helping defray the enormous cost of highly differentiated special education. Tickets to the fundraiser are available. We'll give you the information in a moment. The Ivdu School, based on four separate campuses in Flatbush Borough Park in Long Island, offers students with special needs a comprehensive and nurturing educational environment. Provides core academic, social, and life skills, helping students ages 5 to 21 reach their highest potential and become productive citizens. There are over 100 students now in the Maryland David IVDU Boys High School, the Maryland David IVDU Girls High School, and Girls Lower School. IVDU's small student-teacher ratios allow for differentiated instruction to best meet individual needs. Information about the event, ivdu.org slash event, or... You could dial two one two six one three eight three seven three. Ivdu Parents, Susan Kopstick and Debbie Rocklin are chairing the parent committee as well as this scholarship dinner. Debbie is with us live via telephone. Debbie Rocklin, a pleasure to welcome you to JM and the AM.
2: Good morning, Naham. How are you?
0: Thank God. I mean, we keep hearing amazing things about Ivdu. Frankly, you know, I'm still looking at it as if it's a startup and, and you guys have, you know, over a hundred students that you're servicing on a regular basis, which is pretty amazing.
2: Have to say this is a gem and a gold mine. Baruch Hashem Ivdu is, as you mentioned, it is a school that is, is, is servicing a very, very, very large part of our Jewish community. And um, as I say in my house, um, every time we talk about Ivdu, which my daughter now is in 10th grade, I, we all sing Ivdu et Hashem besimcha because <laughs> at the end of the day, Nachum, they are besimcha. They take every child, and they just educate and give them the tools and the skills, all besimcha
0: It's it w- amazing. And it would be safe to say that in, in a large number of these cases, we're talking about really difficult situations, right? Where, where in regular schools, there'd be, there'd be very little hope.
2: They wouldn't be able to be in regular schools, exactly. There would be no hope. But here, that's the word, hope. This this organization and this school, if do gives every child nachem, hope.
0: I don't even know. Do you know how long it's been around, officially? I don't even know how long it's been around.
2: So um, I know that it, it. It basically, what I do know is that it has, over the last three years, right. the enrollment has jumped, like you said, sixty percent of it uh, uh, percent, right. and that's a quite a large. Um, that's quite a large percentage if you if you think about it.
0: Yeah, no question about it. And speaking of large tuition costs, as much as everybody's used to high tuition across the board in our community when it comes to this type of situation. Tuition is astronomical, and I don't even know that's considered an exaggeration, frankly.
2: Right. It's not an exaggeration, but, you know, as as parents, you know, you, you, you really got to do what's best for your child. And yeah. what IVDU allows and provides for these children are the skills, Nacham, to take with them to move forward in life. You know, school doesn't end, life doesn't end in high school. So if do is, is amazing and wonderful, but after high school, then what happens? Right. And what if do does is if, you, if do gives every child the skills and the tools, they fill up the toolbox, Nachum. So when they walk out of that school, whether vocational, whether they go on to college, whatever it is, Nachum, they are able to use those skills.
0: By the way, forward. by the way, I got to tell you, Debbie Rockland's with us. I know you, so chances are, <laughs> chances are you you are at least partly, if not completely, responsible for this. You have chosen a venue and an event that that everybody, no matter what the cause is, would feel comfortable and would have an amazing time. You know the reputation of the loft, and you know the reputation of Ashley Blaker and how you know people enjoy his show. So I'm not minimizing that it's if-do, and believe me, we want everyone to turn out and to support the cause, but even those not familiar with the cause, they should be attracted to this event.
2: A thousand percent. Listen, whoever you talk to about the loft, the first thing they say is salivating, amazing, <laughs> <Right>. fantastic. <laughs> it's like they talk about what they ate the last time they were there. Correct. And, and <laughs> Ashley also, listen, Nachum, this is an event that we feel, and it, it's sort of my mission as one of the coaches chairs for the event. It's my mission to impart to the community that we we have to come together to support this very crucial resource for Jewish families. And even if it's not for Ivdu like you said, but I want everybody to come out for Ivdu, right. you're still going to have a really, really fabulous night.
0: Yeah, the loft is amazing. It's in Brooklyn everybody and everyone's talking about it. It really is a food destination. Most people don't think that Brooklyn can have food destinations. They do. Uh, at this point we're surprised at some of the neighborhoods that do have food destinations. It's even
2: in Borough Park, no, I know, but not only Brooklyn. I, I
0: like I'm trying to be careful what I say. I don't want people, people to be scared off like that like they're not welcome there. Uh Sorry. they they are no, not at all. They are welcome there and everybody should feel comfortable going to, to Borough Park, because you may say to yourself, Can Borough Park have a fancy, beautiful, delicious restaurant like that? And the answer is yes. The loft has proven it. It's amazing. And Ashley, who's been in our studio, I didn't know his family situation until I read about the event you're running, frankly. Yeah.
2: Yep. Which yep, is unbelievable.
0: Yep. So not only is he a great comedian, he really can relate to the cause.
2: He can absolutely relate to the cause. I hear he's fantastic. I haven't heard him yet. Oh, he's hilarious. His, he's yeah, hilarious. I hear, I hear that his... Uh, his um, personality and all of his, uh, all of his comic relief is, is, is very, very good. And everybody should come out and join us. By the, by the way,
0: he's got to be careful because I think half of his jokes are, <laughs> are about parking on 13th Avenue. So he's he got to be careful. He's going to be right in the heart of Borough Park that night.
2: He better, cha- he better change his act for that night.
0: Say that again. All right. Uh, it's very simple, everybody. On Tuesday night, this coming Tuesday, on Tuesday night, you get a chance to support Ivdu. And to make this an amazing event, uh, it's org slash event, org slash event. You can also call uh, 212-613-8373, 212-613-8373. And for those who may not have heard of IVDU, they have to realize, uh, Debbie, this is this is um, associated with uh, with um, Yachat. I mean, we're talking about, you know, one of the longtime... Uh, established organizations in our community. So, you know, obviously with that endorsement and with that uh, partnership, we're talking about a very serious effort here.
2: Absolutely. And as I said to you before, one thing everybody should do, if et Hashem B'Semcha, I promise.
0: And this gives everyone a chance to do that.
2: Maine.
0: All right. Um, is there, I mean, I guess that's it, right? The phone number and the web address, right? Those are the two best the ways. The
2: phone number and the web address, and we welcome everybody to join us. Everybody's invited.
0: Great speaking to you. Uh, the, Thank the, you, the, the fact that you're involved, I have a feeling this is going to be a very successful event.
2: Thank I, you very much. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy
0: Thanksgiving to you, and thanks for joining us. All right, it's Tuesday night. The Loft is in Borough Park, Brooklyn. It is an unbelievable restaurant. I'm giving them a massive plug. They deserve it. Everyone talks about it. In fact, I saw a debate online this week uh, between the, whether whether if you have one restaurant to go to, should it be the Loft or another very fancy, delicious kosher restaurant? So that's the level it's at. People are like, you know, wondering if they should uh, if they should go there or to another fancy restaurant. Anyway, um, so the Loft is great. It's in uh, it's in Borough Park, Brooklyn. Tickets are available to support IVDU, and in addition to the great meal, you get to see Ashley Blaker, who was just, a, a, not only was he a wonderful person uh, when he came here, a real doll, but he was just, he's just hilarious, simply hilarious. Um, so, what can I tell you? Go to the web, IVDU.org slash event, slash event, or 212-613-8373, 212-613-8373. That was my conversation with Debbie Rocklin of the Ivdu Schools. That event takes place tonight. Recently, David Rubin stopped by the JMM studios. His book is entitled Trump and the Jews. Here's my conversation with David Rubin at the Malcolm Siegel Network. David Rubin is in our studio. The book is called Trump and the Jews. David Rubin appears as a frequent commentator on Fox News, Newsmax TV, and other media while his articles have appeared in the Jerusalem Post. Israel National News, and numerous other publications. A featured speaker throughout North America and elsewhere, he's known as the trusted voice of Israel, who was born and raised in Brooklyn, resides in Israel on a hilltop overlooking the site of ancient Shiloh, where the tabernacle of Israel stood for 369 years in the time of Joshua, Hannah, and Shmuel the prophet. In addition, uh, he has been the mayor of Shiloh, and is also the president of the Israel Children's Fund, David Rubin. Welcome to JM and the AM. Thank you. Good to be with you, Nachman. I appreciate that. Welcome. And uh, I was about to say to you off the air, and I said I'm going to save this comment for on the air, I wonder and imagine how many people saw the title of this book and said they could have written it. I wonder how many people have been observing what's been happening over the last two-plus years, and said, "Yeah, I could have written this book, Trump and the Jews, but you went ahead and did it." Well, the the problem is that the bulk of American Jews
3: would be writing a very different kind of book if they if they wrote the book Trump and the Jews. That's that's the sad part about it.
0: The bulk of American jury, correct? The bulk of American jury would write a much different book than you did. Um, however, you're speaking to the correct audience this morning for your book. We could say that, right? Yes, I am yes, yes you I certainly am. are um, so uh, there are many things that you write a book at, that you write about in the book, and there are so many things that um, the people in this audience frankly, because they are people who follow the news when vis-a-vis Israel and care about Israel's present and future so there's a lot of things that people know they're in this book but there's one item in this book that to me is the most maybe you will not agree with the phrase the most, but to me is the most important historic fact um, when it comes to President Trump and the Jewish people. And that was a shiva visit that he paid to David Friedman years and years ago. And David Friedman's father, who was a rabbi, passed away. And I remind the audience that David Friedman's father was a rabbi in a relatively liberal congregation who brought Ronald Reagan to his synagogue in the mid-1980s, right? That's correct. And... It, I never thought, I, who observed the news on a daily basis, never really considered how critical an appointment David Friedman as ambassador to Israel has been over the last two years. And you, I think, the way you're shaking your head, would, or nodding your head, would agree that this was a very significant piece of this whole thing.
3: Oh, that's absolutely so. Uh, look, pre- President Trump, I, I, I think the whole, the whole Shiva incident...
0: Mid '80s, in
3: in the yes, Uh, and this was shortly after David Friedman started working for him as as a lawyer for the Trump Organization. And it sounds
0: like he wasn't really working full time; like had undertaken a couple of projects. Sure, sure. He didn't know him so well, right? And and uh, then uh, when
3: after Rabbi Friedman passed away, and uh, David was sitting shiva, was there was a massive blizzard, and uh, uh, for a couple of days that week, and. And, uh, and all of a sudden Trump shows up at his door in Long Island. He, he took the drive out to, out to visit him, uh, during the Shiva and, and, uh, you know, tremendous, tremendous, uh, showing of character felt it was the right thing to do, it, you know, and like Trump gets a lot of criticism and, oh, uh, yes. and some, I can't say that some of it isn't justified, but, right. uh, you know, and there has always been this this character issue, the moral. character yeah,
0: Some of issue. his behavior is embarrassing, but a lot of his behavior, especially on a professional level in the professional arena, is to be admired. Of course, but here we're talking about personal right.
3: issues, and and in, in this case, it was a tremendous show of character. And there there have been others. There there have been other things like that. But, so but, yeah yes, but but. Ambassador Friedman has been a tremendous influence on the president for good.
0: So let's start the conversation from this angle. If Israel, if the United States today had a different ambassador to Israel, would all these historic uh, things that have happened in the Trump administration vis-a-vis Israel have been much different? Uh, possi- possibly yes, possibly no. You wouldn't a, go as far as to say we wouldn't have the embassy in Jerusalem if it was a different ambassador.
3: Uh, true, because there were other influences as well. Right. Uh, President Trump also has has Mike Pompeo, who's an evangelical Christian, right, and uh, Vice President Pence, right. who are a very strong pro-Israel people who who greatly supported the, the moving of the embassy. Uh, then there are others uh, like Jason Greenblatt. Uh, who's also Orthodox, but um,
0: plus his son-in-law.
3: But although, and, and, meaning uh, Trump's son-in-law. Yes, of course, right. Jared Kushner and Ivanka, right. and you know, so so there are, there are a lot of influences. It's like, you know, there've always been Jews in in presidential administrations. Carter had him, had Eisenstadt, and and uh, Obama had a couple of Jews in there, even despite his anti-Israel tendencies. Uh, to put it lightly, right? Uh, but but. Uh, Trump has new kinds of Jews in there. He suddenly he, he has orthodox Jews and and it's it's actually demographically given what's happened in the American Jewish community where uh where you have that that 80 to 90% of the American Jewish community that's just uh, assimilating and intermarrying if they get married and uh and, and care ones, less and less about Israel. Yeah, and the ones who get married don't have children. Right. So so it's it's uh it's a, a natural thing as they become more and more unaffiliated, more and more secular, that they're going to move away from Israel. And, mm-hmm. and it, it's one of the great tragedies in American Jewry. But at the same time, you have a, a growing and vibrant Orthodox community. And uh, one thing that I've explained uh, to a lot of non-Jewish uh, people in America who who read my books and uh, and donate to my my organization, which we haven't spoken about yet, but... Um uh, they i explained to them that the american jewish community is not monolithic right. that it's not just chuck schumer and diane feinstein and jerry nadler and people like that who uh you know whose basic religion is is liberalism uh but the or at the
0: minimum the democratic party <laughs> yes and the, and the
3: bible is the new york times right. but 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 the but the the real the real story is that there there is a vibrant uh, aspect of the Jewish community that is connected with Israel that is connected with God, right. and that believes
0: in a lot of the same things that Middle America does. David Rubens here. The book is called Trump and the Jews. Based on what you said earlier, one can really look at just the embassy issue for a moment, because obviously that you know it is the flagship issue of the uh, administration as far as Israel is concerned. I know there are a lot of other things, the Iran deal and dealings with Iran in general and there are other ways that President Trump has demonstrated his, uh, um, his uh, tendency to support Israel. But that embassy issue, of course, is number one. Um, would you surmise, uh, based on uh, the fact that Pompeo and Pence are there and that a large number of evangelical Christians care about the Israel issue and the embassy promise, that really he did this for them and not necessarily— for the Jews, if uh, if um, this was a one issue book, the book might be called Trump and the Evangelical Christians, as opposed to Trump and the Jews. Should we should we be less? Should we uh, should we eat some humble pie on this side of religious life and understand that it was really them who got us the embassy in Jerusalem?
3: Oh, well, there is absolutely a lot of truth to that. Uh, the Evangelical Christians are are a very fundamental part of Trump's coalition, and uh, and they he. Uh, he gets tremendous support from evangelical Christians, and wh- you know, when I when I travel throughout the United States, even though I live in Israel, of course, and have been there for twenty seven years, uh, and I, I travel to all, all of these small towns in the Midwest, and uh, where you know we're talking about Christians who love Israel passionately and 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 really care about Israel, and uh, and obviously Trump's no fool, he's right. Um, You know, he likes to make himself the anti-politician, but the the fact is uh, that he's a very good politician, and he recognizes that that is his base of support.
0: One of the things that's frustrating, in addition to the fact that we see, you know, that so many, I mean, the majority of this country, the Jews, the majority of the Jews in this country are not Trump supporters. That's obvious. And if there was an election today just of the Jewish community of President Trump, he would not win re-election. I mean, that's clear. But... Um, what's even more frustrating is that on our side, and I'm so curious what you have to say about this, on our side of the community, meaning the observant, very concerned about Israel side, right? Not one's not mutually, no, they're not mutually exclusive, but just you know, using that example, there has been a lack of desire to publicly praise the president of the United States for what he has done for Israel. Um, there's a hesitation. I'm not even sure you know this, by the way, because you're in Shiloh for the majority of your time, but here in the U.S. there's a hesitation among Jewish groups, even right-wing, religious right-wing, not talking about, you know, political right-wing, even religious right-wing Jewish groups to really get out there and declare how amazing this man has been to Israel. Do you get that sense, and do you think it creates a problem for us in Washington? Well, there is something to it, and although it is shifting, I,
3: I remember... You know, the Republican Convention, when uh, Rabbi lukstein was was invited to right. to give the convocation there, and 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 he agreed, and then he backed down because there was some criticism from more, more liberal members of his community. Uh, I think President Trump is a good example for for all American Jews uh, that that you have to stand up for what's right, and you have to you have to speak up for what's right, and President Trump. Uh, he, he gets all kinds of criticisms, criticisms name calling everything you know all, all the vitriol that you could throw at mm-hmm. him uh but ultimately he does the right thing he 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 listens to it it bothers him he's a very sensitive guy but but he does the what he plans on doing and he does the right thing and uh this is something that American jews need need to learn and that goes across the political spectrum that uh that that if number one there's there's a a basic mitzvah of hakarat tov that uh, that that you're supposed to uh, show recognition and 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 thanks when something good is done for you, and what what Trump has done for Israel for the Jewish people it's it, it goes down uh, in in history. You know Melech Koresh, you know King Cyrus, right. you know, t- tremendous tremendous uh,
0: things. You point that, that this out a lot, Gentile is doing. You point that a lot of the modern Jewish history. I mean, you you would. I guess put him in, in almost an exclusive club with Harry Truman, right? There, there, there are few presidents that you would include in their exclusive club. Am I right? Uh, well, there are actually more than you might think. I, I, I maybe I, Reagan would make it in, maybe. Uh,
3: possibly, yeah. I, I I highlight. Uh, George Washington, John Adams, John Quincy Adams, Abraham
0: Lincoln—all you know, the they, different gestures they made toward the, the Jewish world. Yes, tremendous. But once tremendous. the state of Israel is is founded, it it, be, it becomes a different level uh, yes, of support.
3: Absolutely. So so yes, Harry Truman was the first world yeah. leader to recognize the state of Israel, and uh, when the Chief Rabbi of Israel visited him uh, to thank him for his support, uh, and he started reading from the Book of Ezra uh, about. Uh, about King Cyrus and, you know, and uh, the, the great things that, uh, that that the Gentile king did for, you know, rebuilding the base of Migdash, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and the, the, the second temple. And, uh, and President Truman became very emotional. and He, he burst into tears. You know, and remember, this is Harry Truman we're talking about. His campaign slogan was, give him hell, Harry. Right. He was a pretty tough guy. Right. But when it came to Israel... And that connection with, with Israel and Jewish people, he he always became very emotional, and so so there, you know, there have been others, but but President Trump has really really even surpassed Harry Truman, in the great things that he's done. I mean, since more recently, he uh, he ordered the closing of the PLO embassy. Right. Well, it's a, an office, really, mm-hmm. but they, they, they call it their embassy right. in, in Washington, which is a big big thing. Uh, in the Trump ex- uh, administration, they're re-examining the whole refugee issue, uh, where the the UN recognizes some three million Palestinian refugees. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking, of course, about a, a people that invented itself in 1964. Uh, but but uh, if you really look at the Arab refugees from Israel in 1948, there were about 38,000. And and they they recognize several million, mm-hmm. uh, so th- so the Trump administration is also examining that uh, to see if something should be done about that.
0: David Rubens here. The book is Trump and the Jews. Um, do you fear what might be in the eventual? And I'm saying this because we are waiting with bated breath, and it doesn't seem like we're ever going to get it. The eventual American peace proposal. Do you do you wonder what if it is ever released? What might be in it? Well, everyone is waiting to see what's going to be in it. The
3: um i'm i'm really not too concerned because i don't think it's going to be any worse than what was before and and those peace proposals right. didn't go anywhere because it's obvious that there's no uh there's no partner on the other side that that really wants peace and uh, because what they want their their minimum is israel's maximum and uh you know so it's it's definitely not going to happen it always falls apart over jerusalem and uh that that's what would be again uh the, the it's it's actually very interesting what uh Trump administration has done which is uh they've opened up doors they've helped helped and enabled Israel to open up doors to the countries in the Persian Gulf and the, there's a lot of secret cooperation going on now it's not so secret a lot of it has has become more public recently right uh, but that that's one of the more fascinating developments. And uh, I think there's a lesson to be learned in that, uh, that uh, we're, we're living in a, a pretty tough neighborhood in the Middle East. And, in fact, in the world, it's a pretty tough neighborhood. And you, you, you can't expect that other countries are going to have your values. Right. Uh, the United States and Israel, we have as much a commonality of values as you could possibly have in, in this world. Uh, but... but uh, you know, to get all uptight about Saudi Arabia and, and their Khashoggi incident, um, obviously it's not our values. It's not the way we operate. Uh, but, but you have to basically protect, uh, project American values, I always say, and protect American interests. Very good. And so, so the American interests need to be protected.
0: David Rubens here. The book is called Trump and the Jews. How do people obtain the book?
3: Well, best way is to either go to my website, which is davidrubinisrael.com, dot com, dot com, or just go straight to Amazon, type in "Trump and the Jews," David Rubin, and get the book. And and if you like it, po- post a review on there, and you know, get other people to buy it. How many people live in Shiloh? Uh, about six thousand people in the the Greater Shiloh Township. Any, American, Shilohs, any Americans? Any
0: Americans besides yourself? Oh yeah, absolutely. Not very few. Uh, it's about about fifteen percent of oh, Shiloh. Interesting. And if one were to describe life in Shiloh, what would they say? Uh, very peaceful. Great
3: air, as long as you don't go driving out on the roads, because you learned. Well, the air is good out on the roads, but we have to keep our windows closed because of rock throwing and uh, right. and uh, and there are terrorist attacks as uh,
0: as, as you know as, as, as you, you know first as, firsthand
3: as I know firsthand because. I was wounded with my 3-year-old son uh, some 17 years ago as we were driving home from Jerusalem. Our car was ambushed by Islamic terrorists who were on the side of the road with AK-47 assault rifles. Palestinian terrorists, I should point out, who were from the Palestinian Authority, the Tanzim militia of the Fatah organization. Uh, Both you
0: and your son were hit?
3: uh, Absolutely. I was shot in the leg. My son was shot in the head. Uh, the bullet that went into his head and through his neck missed his brainstem by one millimeter. Uh, so we both survived. Uh, but uh, it's quite a story. The, the The car was hit by bullets. The uh, car went completely dead when the bullets hit. I couldn't get it to start. I shifted gears. I tried over and over again trying to get the car to start and to ignite the car. And... Uh, Eventually, the car started as if, all, as if on its own. I, I mean, I really, it, I'm, I, I, from what I recall, I did not hit the gas to get the car to actually start. Uh, but I hit the gas many times before. Uh, the car drove 110 miles an hour to get me to the next community up the road, which is where we got an ambulance. And because of that, we survived. And I, we got to the hospital in Jerusalem. I was pronounced the 1,000th victim of terrorism. To be hospitalized in that hospital just in that previous year and a half, which was what they called the second intifada, right. and uh, and as a result of that whole experience, and you know we had a couple of operations, survival, and uh, a lot of emotional trauma for my son, and I, as a result of that, and trying to find treatment for my son for a three-year-old boy. Uh, I ended up starting what what became the Shilo israel children 's fund uh, for the purpose of healing the trauma of the terror victim children and rebuilding the biblical heartland of Israel through those children so your son should be twenty years old now he 's twenty years old, finishing up his army service thehim and and uh and he just wants to go to yeshiva and learn Torah full time after that so uh, so, so yeah, there are blessings in difficult experiences, you know. It's, as as we say, Hakol Tova, because everything
0: of, is for good. I'm curious because of his history, would that have been an automatic exemption from army service if he wanted it to be?
3: Uh, possibly, possibly. And the truth is, he went into a combat unit. He had a very difficult time with that emotionally, and you know, a lot of the old traumas came back up, and, and then that, that was very difficult so we had to find a non combat position for him
0: in the army yeah for those of us who have 20 year old children and i have 3 of them um we we know how young they are even though many people think that they are you know easily adjustable when it comes to the army and things like that
3: sure no it's not a simple thing it's, it's yeah. something that nobody should take for granted and uh you know just as uh, in in america you know who would think that uh that just anyone and go to the army, right. but in Israel it's considered that okay, right. go to the army. But how do people? How do people support your fund? Uh, they they can they can go to uh, the other website, which is Shilo, at spelt S H I L O H, Shilo Israel Children
0: Israel ShiloIsraelChildren.org. I also want to note that the uh, net proceeds from the uh, book, the book is called Trump and the Jews by David Rubin, uh, go to the Shiloh Israel Children's Fund, the organization dedicated to healing the trauma of terror victim children, established by David Rubin as he mentioned after he and his young son were wounded in a terrorist attack. The organization supports therapeutic and educational projects for children in the biblical heartland of Israel, and you could attest that many have been helped by this effort.
3: Oh, sure. Thousands Thousands. We have uh, two thousand
0: children on our main campus at any given time. You know, what I like about your book. It's a good balance between history and the uh, and and today. It's it's important to understand the Trump administration and what's happening with it and Israel in the context of modern Jewish history. Correct,
3: correct. And it's important to it's important to understand uh, the, the Jewish community in historical
2: context, right?
3: Because you know Jews. Jews weren't weren't always the way they are now. Right, you know, as I explain in the book, the uh, Jew, Jews were. There was a time when all Jews were Orthodox. You know, go back a couple of hundred years.
0: Right, and the, the sure they didn't davenin was Orthodox. Correct, that e, type of thing. Right. yeah, even if they weren't right, uh, observant, fully but observant, they, but they were in the orthodox surrounding.
3: And then, you know, and then uh, you know came the reforming of Judaism and the secularization of it, and uh, but, but the Jews who came to America were, were very hardworking. They came in poverty. They, they were discriminated against. Uh, but they, they didn't have days of rage. They, they worked hard. They had they days of work. <laughs> on, exactly. They worked hard. They focused on education. Eventually became very successful uh, on one hand, uh, financially successful. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, uh, a big part of the American Jewish community, as we discussed, uh, dropped off their Judaic heritage, and and that that's the sad part about it. And and uh, one of my goals in in writing the book Trump, yeah, in writing the book Trump and the Jews, is is that the uh, the American Jewish community will will read the facts on the ground, really read what uh, uh, a little bit about their own history, together with our current political. Uh, climate and situation, and and try to understand it with an open mind. Understood.
0: Uh, Before we let you go, I'm sure there are people who would very much like me to ask you what you think of uh, a couple of today's news items. Any reaction to the resignation of uh, Defense Minister Lieberman?
3: Well, uh, there's been a lot of turmoil in the Israeli government, and uh, Hamas uh, helped to bring it on with their... They're launching of 500 rockets at Israel in the past 48 hours. And the, look. everyone was saying that uh, the green light has, has been given to the IDF to go in and, and do what needs to be done to clean out the hornet's nest in Gaza. And for a long time, this has been going on. We've, we've seen the pattern over and over, uh, the, the Hamas uh, attack, and then, and then they call for a ceasefire. Uh, they, they, they launch 100 rockets, and then they call for a ceasefire, and, right. I, and Israel starts to agree to it. And Netanyahu has, uh, unfortunately, he has a very strong image in America, but unfortunately he's, uh, he's very weak when it comes to uh, taking the tough decisions, the tough military decisions and tough political decisions that need to be taken. And in this situation, the cabinet met for seven hours, uh, there, a lot of the ministers on on the right, uh, primarily from the Jewish Home Party and and uh, uh, Yisrael Beitenu, uh, which is Lieberman's party, which right. is the secular right, and they 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 were pushing for uh, for the uh, to give the army the green light to, to go in and have a full operation in Gaza and truly take away their weapons once and for all uh, that. Netanyahu overruled them, and uh, the rest of the Israeli cabinet went along with him. And there'll be new elections likely very soon. Uh, it's, it seems very likely. Um, uh, Bennett of the Jewish Home Party is demanding the defense ministry; otherwise, they're uh, they're withdrawing from the government, and calling for new elections. Uh, Lieberman has already called for new elections, and uh, Netanyahu's term is supposed to be over in in uh, about a year's time. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be very interesting.
0: Um, yesterday on this show, I said the only thing we, we can do is hope that Israeli leaders have a strategy, a plan, that will lead to the safety and security of our brothers and sisters in the South. I hope, as he indicated he does, that the prime minister actually has that plan and that it is in place and ready to roll, even during a time of quote unquote quote-unquote ceasefire. David Rubin, the book is Trump and the Jews. You mentioned the website, David Rubin Israel? David Rubin, Dave, David
3: Rubin Israel.com. Best way to obtain the book. That is, or, or just go straight
0: to Amazon, Trump and the Jews. Okay, Trump and the Jews, David Rubin, uh, a book that I bet a lot of people feel they could have written, but you actually did it, and you did it really well. So people, uh, we Thank recommend you. it. You could get a tremendous history of both ancient and modern Jewish history in terms of uh, the relationship between um, uh, between um, is- Israel and the concept of Israel and the diaspora, and then, of course, Israel and the United States, and then, of course, Israel and the U.S. post-1948, and then, of course, the real subject of the book, Israel and the U.S. during this Trump administration. Uh, and what can I say? We are one of the organizations that is not ashamed to say God bless President Trump for all that he has done for Israel and the Jewish people. Amen man is right. Thank you, David. A real Welcome. pleasure having you here. That was my conversation with David Rubin. The book is called Trump and the Jews. Thanks for listening to JM Rewind. Plenty more coming up if you keep it right here at the Siegel Network.